Hello, my pumpkins. This is Chloe Taylor, and welcome to Authentic and Unapologetic. Here, we explore spirituality and psychology. It is my goal with this podcast to remind you that when you stand tall in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. Hey there, pumpkins, and welcome back to the channel or the podcast, wherever you're listening. If you are new here, hello, my name is Chloe Taylor, and I believe that we have the most autumnal, most fall aesthetic, cozy, pumpkin-y corner of the internet, be it on the podcast or in video formats. Uh, and if you like that, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, all of the links will be everywhere. If you want to see the video and you're only listening to the podcast, I We'll link that for you and vice versa. Uh, the videos do come out a little bit later, but if you want early access to those, you can join the Patreon where there is so much content available to you. Pick a cards, early access to podcast videos, and so much more. So definitely check it out. Link for that will also be down below for you. But um, today, my beautiful pumpkins, this was actually a question that was part of the Q&A that I did, I want to say like two weeks ago. And one of the questions was, how do you be your authentic self? And I really felt like this could have been its own episode in its own entirety because that's such a loaded concept. <laughs> and it's obviously going to be different for every single person. But today I have made myself a matcha, an iced matcha, and... I feel ready to share and open up about some of these things. I'm actually filming this a second time because the first time I think I actually like shared more than I was ready to. So here we are to take two. Um, I hope you have yourself a cozy beverage or an iced beverage or whatever you are feeling today and that you're ready just to kind of dive in and really hear about my experience moving into my authentic self. And my only hope is that Whatever I share today gives you the courage to start showing up for yourself. My journey is not going to look exactly like yours, but I'm hoping that through my experience, I can instill you with courage and maybe it will be somewhat similar. We'll have to wait and see. But I guess with the first thing I need to say about like becoming my authentic self is I do want to say like, Right now in my life, I do think I am the most authentic version of myself. I think that I really am myself very unapologetically. I really do put myself out there. I don't harbor as much anxiety as I used to in like group settings when I see people. Um, I'm very comfortable in who I am. However, and this is very common, I think, for a lot of people, when you get around the wrong people or people that instill in you past versions of yourself or still see you as that version of yourself, it can be very triggering and you can revert to some of those past practices or past versions of self. Just try to remember on the journey to your authentic self that it's okay if that happens. We know this, that the healing journey is not linear. It's not something that you're just going to go up and up and up and up and up. It kind of is a graph that just goes like up and down and up and down. And sometimes when you get around people that trigger that out of you, which will happen, <laughs> I promise you, the more you become your authentic self, the more you're going to see that parallel. But 
just know that it's okay if you don't act as that person every single day. And it's not even act, it's like a state of being, but it's okay if you get triggered to act in ways that you don't want to for your future self or for the person that you're becoming and the person that you are, it's bound to happen. Um, so I wanted to like remind all of you of that, that you don't need to be like the perfect version of yourself to show up authentically. So where do I even begin? I think I need to say that growing up the way that I did, which I've covered this in so many episodes, um, many of you know, no, I grew up Mormon from about age, obviously zero. I was born into it. Uh, age zero through about age 20. And even now, if you want to get technical, the church still has my records. I technically am by default, still a quote unquote member of the church. But uh, I will say this, as soon as I move states, I am taking the paperwork to a notary and I will no longer be a member of the church. The only reason I haven't really done it yet is because I feel like living in the state of Utah where like Mormons live it feels kind of uncomfortable to me to go and see a notary that like might be a member of the church. I don't know. It just feels awkward. Um, but it does actually really bother me that, and this is just like a total side note. It bothers me that the church like knows when my birthday is and like still tries to like do things. I'm like, you don't know me. It's a nice gesture, but I really like see where there is so much problematic stuff with being indoctrinated like that. And so I will eventually like, I'm planning as soon as I move states to go and do like go forward with that. Um, many of you have asked about it that like are Mormon or like are exiting the church, like kind of my stance on that. And also we had like COVID and stuff. And when that was going on, like I wasn't trying to go see a notary in person, you know? So I feel like it's just kind of been a lot of things, but I'm hoping that as soon as I like move states, I'm going to take that paperwork to a notary and actually file it. Um, I have like no fear about it either. I know some people are in question for like years and years and years, but when it comes to me, I know that that church for me is not the truth and I have no desire to be attached to it. And I don't have any shame in that. Um, and that to me is kind of how I know that I'm genuinely free is I'm not scared because there is a lot of that like Mormon or Christian guilt sometimes that will loom. And I dealt with that for damn near a decade. Um, but the reason this religious talk is coming up in my authentic self journey is, <sighs> I believe truly that my soul chose to come to a Mormon family on purpose. I believe that we all for my belief system, I'm not saying you have to believe this. I believe that we do make decisions about the families that we will come to. And for me, I don't think it was all bad. I think I'm like an intuitive, like magical bitch. And I really do trust my own spirituality. And I think that is because I did grow up Mormon. And I had that like unshakable faith for so many years when I believed it. And I attribute that actually to a huge part of my authentic journey, even though I don't believe in it now. And I see things very differently and I've had to find that on my own. I feel that it still gave that to me in some way, because even growing up in a household that there was a lot of physical abuse, emotional abuse, um, you know, I, I dealt with a lot of that growing up. It wasn't easy. Even with all of that going on, I feel like if I didn't have Mormonism growing up, 
I think I would have felt a lot more empty for me. And it actually gave me the ability to really connect with my crown chakra, my connection to the divine. And even though I don't call it God and, you know, anything like that, to me, it's like source. It's my spiritual team. It's my spirit guides, my angels, because I still have a belief in those things. Um, Even though I attribute it more to that kind of energy, I think we're all talking about the same thing. No matter if you're talking about your higher self, Mother Gaia, I feel like all of that beautiful source godlike energy, if you will, it's all the same thing. Universe, it just plays out in different ways and different people say it differently, whatever feels more comfortable to them or the terms that they're going to use. And so I do still have like a strong spiritual belief, but again, I've had to find that path on my own. And the reason that I feel like this has to be kind of talked about with my authenticity is being a member of the church growing up I was not my authentic self. I actually consider myself to be an extremely late bloomer. And I say extremely late because I feel like most teenagers will test the waters with their parents, right? They will test the waters and they will be more of like, they're like more into figuring out who they are, right? And it's not about being rebellious. I hate that term. No, they're literally just trying to figure out who they are. I never did that. I never had a phase where I went against my parents' wishes. I snuck out of the house. I drank underage. I didn't do those things. Technically I did drink underage, but I was like five months shy of my 21st birthday. Um, so like, I wouldn't say it doesn't count, but it kind of doesn't cause I was already an adult making my own decisions. Um, but I feel like for a long time I was walking around very unconscious and I hate to say like I wasn't woke because I think there's a lot of negative connotation that comes with that word, but I was not awake. I was so, how do I please my mom? How do I please my dad? How do I please everyone around me? How do I make everyone think that I'm good when inside these things really don't align with me? I didn't even have the words to put to it. And Then I moved to the state of Utah and I immersed myself in the culture of Mormonism because I thought that was what I needed. And I don't regret moving here. I'm still living here, but that will be changing very soon. Um, I don't regret moving here. I actually think that it facilitated my growth. It facilitated me being able to do what I needed to do and to see such a polarity in how religious indoctrination actually works and how... It just, it gave me the ability to open my eyes even wider. I feel like being immersed, but with all of the religion stuff, it's hard for me to put it in simple terms, my authentic path, because it wasn't simple. It wasn't overnight. It was such a gradual process. And there were so many instances. Oh my gosh. Like to give you an example, anything I share about my family, I always need to say that I understand, and this is more for like my family members that might come across my content than anybody else. I understand that everybody is living in their own version of their own reality. I understand that hurt people hurt people. And I understand that 
what is true for me might not be true for somebody else in my family because it wasn't how they experienced it because we all experience things differently. Even if you are in the same room with the same person or same people experiencing the same trauma, it is going to affect the two people in question or three people in question differently. And so I don't bring these things up because I want to drive my family into the ground or because I have hatred in my heart or anything like that. This is just my experience and what I feel like really led me to becoming my authentic self. So just needed to put that out there. But I really feel like one of like the first instances that like I kind of really went against and this was hard. Like I didn't grow up in a household where my parents drank or did drugs or like anything like that. I might've had some siblings that did those things, but not my parents. And I never did those things. So to me, drinking was like a sin. Like you don't do that or you're going to hell. And I remember on my like 22nd birthday, maybe might've been my 21st birthday. I don't remember. I think it was beyond that. It, it was in my early twenties though, for sure. I remember talking to my mom, who I was still very close with at the time, but we were definitely drifting because I was not doing the Mormon thing anymore. I had switched majors in school. I wasn't really going to church anymore, which I never really did to begin with living out here. I just pretended that I did. Um, you know, I was kind of questioning my belief system that was the thing that I had anchored my entire self to when it wasn't aligning with me anymore. And I remember my mom just like, not yelling, but just being so passive aggressive and like mean to me on my birthday and was like, oh, are you going to go like have a bottle of wine too? Like blah, blah, blah. Like just saying like the most ridiculous things. And I remember telling her, I love you, but I don't need to hear that. It's my birthday. No. And I just hung up on her. And that was something that I had never done. Like, like I said, my mother was my best friend growing up. She knew everything. She knew all my friends. Um, honestly, I feel like it was because of her that I stayed attached to the Mormon church as long as I did. And I wasn't myself because I put her needs above my own. And I've talked about this a lot. I put her needs above my own. I put her emotions above my own. And I constantly did what she asked of me because I thought that if I didn't, I wouldn't be lovable. And even though no one has ever said that to me, oh, I won't love you, it comes pretty clear when you are a child and you're experiencing like the anger or the upset or the whatever, whenever you go against that wish. And it, I don't even think it's like the parents fault necessarily. They most often, and I would say always don't even realize they're doing it, but that was huge for me to go against her wishes in that moment and to hang up the phone on her. Like, oh my gosh, I'm sure there are some of you that understand, like you couldn't even imagine hanging up on your mother, but that was huge. And I did not answer the phone when she called back and I did not talk to her again for the rest of the night. And I did have a bottle of wine. Um, that was just like a weird memory that I had because it was one of the first times that I kind of went with what I needed in the moment. And I didn't really know how to set boundaries. I didn't even really know what I needed. I just knew that that kind of behavior I wasn't going to tolerate anymore. And this came after like months and months and months of like my mother being so disappointed in me and telling me that I was just like the rest of my siblings who chose to like party. And that like hurt me. 
because back then it was always kind of discussed that like my other siblings were like bad because they did these things and I was good and I was easy and I was the easy child. And honestly, I think I kind of got put in a placement of being like the golden child, which I feel like the golden child and the invisible child sometimes overlap because you make yourself invisible. And my good friend Hillary told me about this. You make yourself invisible to be the golden child. Golden children are the children that they're very praised by their family for doing something that the parent or praised by their parents or family for doing something that the family or parent really wants that goes actually against what you want as a person. And that thing just gets praised so much that we continue to do it. And my thing was religion because it was easy. It was easy to fake it. It was easy to, and I didn't fake everything. There were things that I really believed in at the time. It's easy as a kid to not question that reality and to just go in blind faith. Um, but that was like the first time I ever remember something like that happening. And I think that that was where it really got lost. Like that was where if my mother had any hold over me, that was when that started to stop being true. And I stopped going to church. I started wearing tank tops, which was like a big deal. Like, oh, my shoulders are exposed. Like right now, that's like something you don't do in the church. Like you have to like modest is hottest everything. Um so many interesting rules. Uh, but like, that was really where I started. Like, no, like, actually, I can be who I want to be. And a lot of it was very in secret. When I wasn't, I wasn't ready to be that person around other family members or around my parents. A lot of those things were done in secret. Like my husband moved in with me three years before we got married. And in Mormon culture, you don't do that. Like, I'm pretty sure people knew, like, I know that my husband's mom knew, but I don't know that like anybody else really, really knew. Cause he did technically rent another place for a while, but just never stayed there. So like, there were just a lot of things that I kept very hidden in private, but I moved, you know, I lived like 600 miles away from my mom and my family. So it was really easy to keep those things private and to grow at my own pace. And I think ultimately where I really started to shift into my authentic self in truth, outside of like those things where I kind of moved away from religion more and more. And there was a huge period in that where I was like, Oh my God, I'm making a mistake. What if I'm not Mormon and I go to hell or I don't have the signs and tokens to get into heaven? Like, Oh my God, what am I going to do if like that all ended up being true? And now I'm just like in purgatory forever. Um, which I don't even think the church teaches about purgatory, but like, that was my fear for a long time. And I think where it really started to change, and I've talked about this a lot on the channel as well, is in 2017, I had a fucking year. Okay. My sister died of a heroin overdose, um, at age 30, which I'm 30 now. There was four years between us. Um, my sister died. I had my gallbladder removed in emergency surgery after getting pancreatitis. I was hospitalized for a week um, and then had to have my gallbladder cut out after a year-long battle of not knowing what was wrong with me. Nobody could figure it out. That was devastating and terrifying. Um, it was, and like on top of that, my gaming channel ruined. Like that was my whole life up to that point, that was my career. That was what I did every day. It was who I was crumbled, fell apart. I was like at the point where I was making like a substantial wage from that. 
down to like $200 a month, maybe if I was lucky. And I was putting out so much content trying to fix it. And that was when like, I really like, that was like the tower moment in my life where everything just fucking fell apart. And I was also like heavily medicated because I was in so much pain with the gallbladder before they took it out that I think I spent almost an entire year like on and off narcotics and I never abused them. I will say that I never abused them. Um, it wasn't like that, but it was awful. <laughs> it was awful. I hated that year of my life, but when I finally hit that rock bottom, when nothing made sense anymore, when religiously I felt like nothing made sense, spiritually nothing made sense, my career didn't make sense, my family dynamics didn't make sense. My husband and I still remained like very strong. I honestly, like I could cry over how blessed I am to have such a wonderful partner in my life that he was just there. He was just my rock. He was just the person I turned to for everything. He probably did too much. And I have even told him at this point, like, you should really go to therapy, like for those times, because you had a lot going on. You were the only breadwinner in this family. We were struggling financially and you had to deal with your like mentally unstable wife at the time. And I really didn't lean on anybody else because I was so afraid to. So this carried for like months, like a year, a full year of me just dealing with this like emotional pain, feeling so lost, feeling so broken, sad. I would cry every day, every day, like didn't want to get out of bed. I was depressed. I was sad. And that's not to say that there weren't moments in there that like felt good. But I remember one, t one day under this desk right in front of me <laughs> that you can't see, um, I would often curl up under my desk and just cry. And mostly because I didn't know what to do. And I kept asking like spirit. I was like, spirit, I don't know what to do. I'm so lost. I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. I feel lost in every sense of the matter. Help me. And I felt like my answers were just like, my call was going out on deaf ears, basically. That's how it felt. And then I remember one day I just decided to enroll in therapy. I just was like, I can't. And therapy to me was a last resort. I'm that kind of person, sun, moon in the sixth house, 10th house in Virgo. I have the grit to withstand anything. And I, I know that. Like, I can get shit done even if I'm running on nothing. It's just in me to be that way. And not helpful and not healthy. But to me, I always looked at therapy like it was a last resort. Like, it was the thing that... I couldn't do or I shouldn't do or I it was a last resort I just felt like if I went to therapy and it was unsuccessful then I was broken and I would never be fixable again and my life would just be worthless I was scared to go and exhaust that last resort and I enrolled in therapy I started reading a lot of self-help books I read you are a badass by Jen Sincero I read you are a badass at making money by Jen Sincero I read um Light is the New Black, which is a book I recommend to y'all all the time. I read Louise Hay's You Can Heal Your Life. I read, um, I need to do like a book haul. Maybe I'll do that as like another podcast this month. I would love to actually do a book haul of like books I read like during my Dark Night of the Soul that really helped me. But I read so many books and my therapist 
incredible. I was so lucky that the first person I saw in therapy was like actually a good match for me. Um, my therapist just really brought a lot to the surface and was like, she just challenged me to think more critically about why I do the things that I do. And I remember going to therapy. This is probably the funniest part. (laughs) It's not funny. It was actually quite sad, but I went to therapy. I remember the very first time and I told my therapist, like, oh, my sister died. Like, I'm really sad about that. I thought I was there because my sister had died like a year ago at this point. And I literally spent 45 minutes of an hour-long session complaining about my mom and talking about the toxic dynamic that we had and how there was a lot of codependency on her end and a lot of enmeshment going on and a lot of downright bullying and narcissistic tendency and... I didn't realize that that was in there. I don't even know what my therapist said to me to bring that out, but that was what we spent most of our sessions talking about. And I realized, oh my God, my authentic self isn't here because I've been putting that aside for somebody else. And that was really where it changed. Like it had already been changing. I'd already been kind of estranged from my mom a little bit. I don't blame her for these things. And I want to make that very clear. I actually think our relationship is somehow one of the greatest blessings of my life because it led me to being the greatest version of myself through questioning it. And so mom, if you are out there listening, which I doubt, but if you are, I do love you. I do appreciate you. I don't always agree with you. In fact, I rarely agree with you, but I am grateful because I definitely feel like I am the best, best version of myself that I have ever been because of that relationship and questioning it so hard and realizing where all of these like dynamics came through and where even in my own family line, how there is a lot of really unhealthy connection going on. And I also feel like within that, like, and I think a lot of y'all can probably relate to this. It's really hard when you're the only person in like a long generation that is so invested in psychology and like so invested in self-betterment and so invested in healing and doing that inner work. And then you come face to face with a bunch of people in your family line who are not doing that. It's like a different world <laughs> and it's hard. It's, it's hard. And I guess something I want to add to that, like becoming your authentic self. So that was like the path that really did it. And I don't necessarily think that everybody needs to go. I mean, maybe I do think everybody needs therapy, to be honest. I don't think that that's going to be everybody's one path. But having somebody that didn't know me, didn't know my situation, literally just bounce questions back at me that made me think was what I needed. And I think that that happened around age like 26 or 27. And I'd also like recently gotten into witchcraft too. I don't know if I'd mentioned that. And that was a huge thing. Like I'd started, I read the book Witch by Lisa Lister and I'd gotten into witchcraft. So like I had been trying to read a bunch of self-help prior. I had been trying to like dive into myself before I even went to therapy. And then therapy just made me want to know more. So um, I don't see my therapist anymore at this point, but she is a wonderful soul. And if she ever comes across this video and recognizes me, I really hope she knows how much she actually changed my life, even though we didn't meet that many times. Um, She just helped me look at my life from a critical lens. But as I was going to say, um, 
I feel like not everybody's path is going to be exactly like mine. And I know that, but I do attribute most of me becoming my authentic self to actually moving away from my family dynamic. And that's because that was where a lot of the hurt was coming from. And for some of you, that's not where it's coming from. It might be coming from yourself. It might be coming from your significant other. It might be coming from um, your career. You know, there are a lot of places where hurt can stem from. And for me, all of those learning experiences came from my family line. And I realized who I didn't want to be. And not that there's anything inherently wrong or broken about the members of my family that this applies to, which is not all of them. It's not about that. Like that's their own journey and their own, like if they choose to never go on that journey, that's okay. It's not for me to decide, but I think for me, that was like probably the best thing I ever could have done was move away. And I feel like I can also say that because I am the only member of my immediate family at this time that doesn't live around everybody else. I'm the only person that chose to kind of break off and go somewhere else. And I think ultimately that has been the healthiest thing for me. It's allowed me to live my life on a totally different terms. It's allowed me to be myself without the fear of judgment from others around me. And it's allowed me to question my reality and take breaks. Like there was an entire year long period where I didn't speak to my mother once. And I wasn't even like no contact or anything. We literally just didn't talk. And I also didn't want to talk to her, but we just didn't talk. She didn't call. I didn't call. And I think that was actually a good thing at the time. I think it was very good for me at that time to be able to step away and have that time to just heal on my own. This is actually something that people talk about that go to therapy or like deal with like a narcissist is going no contact for a little bit. And it might be forever, but for me, I never really expected it would be forever. But I think that that no contact break was actually good for me. It allowed me to set my mom's feelings aside, which was the biggest contributing factor into me not being my authentic self. And it allowed me more and more and more time to see that, you know, I was always conditioned and told like family are the only people who are going to love you. And it allowed me to actually see beyond that, to connect with people in my life that, they are my family. They are the people that I choose to be my family, not just given to me at birth. And I've, I've known love and unconditional love that I hadn't gotten in other places. And it just allowed me to go on this totally different journey. And I know that, like I said, for some of you, it's not going to be that it's not going to be about family. It's going to be about a new circle of friends. It's going to be about a new career. You know, there's so many things. And I know I keep saying that, but I don't know why I keep saying it, I guess, because I don't want anyone to feel like they need to just like uproot, run away from their family and everything will be better because it's not that way. And as I've reintegrated myself back into my family and like talked to people a little bit more and gotten to know them and let them know me with my new boundaries, my new ability to care for myself, my authentic self, allowing myself to be who I am. It's been an interesting journey. <laughs> it has not come without having to get into a couple of fights, let me tell you. Um, but it has been very worth it. And I feel like now when I show up to people, anyone, be it family, a new friend, a new anybody, it's been so worth it to have that strong sense of self and to just know who I am. So I guess like if I could give any advice, 
you have to figure out where the hurt is. Where's the hurt? For me, I didn't even know. I thought I was about my sister. And like I said, I went to therapy and I ended up talking about my mom for like four sessions because that was where the hurt was coming from. You have to figure out where the hurt's coming from, why you feel like you can't be your authentic self, and then go from there. It's not one of those processes that's going to be an overnight thing. It's not one of those things that you're going to be able to just think your way through. Sometimes you need to pick up to pick up a helping hand. Sometimes you need more tools and more resources than you have right now. And I hope, if anything, that me talking about this, even though I feel like I have barely grazed the surface... I hope that me talking about this, opening up a little bit more, gives you the ability to know that you're not broken and that you are safe to be yourself, even if it's just to yourself right now, because maybe your environment doesn't support it. I feel like for me, it was a very environmental thing and I had to do it that way. But just know that you're not inherently broken and you are just enough exactly as you are. And the more and more and more you start to trust yourself and give yourself grace and allowance to be who you are in a safe environment, obviously, I don't want any of y'all that especially live at home that have like abusive parents or something to be um, trying to like go out against their wishes and getting in a lot of trouble or like having catastrophic things happen, you know, always put your safety before anything else. But I promise one day you'll be out of that environment. Just keep working towards that. And again, just know that you're not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. And it's okay to be exactly who you are. In fact, the world needs that from you. Because the more that you shine your authentic light, the more it encourages other people. That's why we always say, when you stand in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. Because it's true. So... How do I feel like, I guess, like wrapping this video up or podcast up? I can't say that it was any one thing. I do think going to therapy really, really, really made the biggest difference. Reading a ton of self-help really made a big difference. And just guiding myself on this journey of self-trust, which I do want to talk about that on a future podcast uh, self-trust, because I think it's something that everybody on this channel would really benefit from with a lot of the questions that I get from y'all. Um, but I just feel like it was slow. It was gentle. Actually, it wasn't always gentle, but it was slow and it took time. I think I spent like the back half of my twenties. So probably age like 26 really through about 29. So about three years, four years, really exploring that. And I still come across new things that I think add to my authenticity even now. But I can say that I am now at a place where I really am authentically myself. I really do present myself to other people, to the world, to, you know, those closest to me as well as the person that I want to be in this lifetime. And it's not made for special people. It's made for everyone. And I believe in you. All right, y'all, that's what I got. I hope this video slash podcast was helpful for you. Please do not forget to follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Chloe Taylor. Check out the Patreon and uh, obviously subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. And um, do not forget, when you stand up in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. I love you so much. Bye, pumpkin.